You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. After grappling with the collateral effects of the COVID-19 crisis, the fashion industry looks to 2022 with optimism. According to McKinsey's State of Fashion 2022 annual report, fashion's recovery appears V-shaped as the industry taps into new opportunities with the digital and sustainability spaces. One brand that hopes to reap the benefits of the rebound is iconic French luxury fashion house Hervé Leger. Founded in 1985, Hervé Leger redefined women's fashion with the bandage dress that was later adopted by other brands. The brand's form-fitting looks were a supermodel staple in the 1990s that quickly trickled down to the socialite shopper. In the mid-2000s, one can simply glance at any red carpet event and safely bet an Hervé Leger second skin dress was on the likes of Kim Kardashian, Victoria Beckham, Lindsay Lohan, or Rihanna. Today, Hervé Leger is owned by Centric Brands, a major producer and licensee of more than 100 brands including Calvin Klein, Coach, Izod, Timberland, and Tommy Hilfiger, just to name a few. My guest today on The Luxury Item is Melissa LaFerre Cobb, Senior Vice President, Division Head at Hervé Leger. Hervé Leger tapped Melissa in 2019 to reimagine and relaunch the iconic brand. Melissa is a veteran executive with deep experience with luxury personified brands, building and fostering best-in-class teams, and excellence in product and finance that help build and grow iconic brands including Oscar de la Renta, Jay Mandel, Donna Karen, and now Hervé Leger. Welcome to The Luxury Item, Melissa. Hi, Scott. Great to speak to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. So New York Fashion Week kicks off in a few weeks, and Hervé Leger will, will be presenting its fall 2022 ready-to-wear collection. And despite the Omicron surge, it looks like at this point the show is still going on. One thing yeah. the pandemic has demonstrated is digital and virtual fashion shows can work. How important is it for Hervé Leger to still participate in physical shows and presentations. It's so important. We're really excited to be back on the New York Fashion Week calendar. Um, There was a lot of discussions, you know, internally, should we, shouldn't we, is the time right? But I think it most certainly is. I think everyone has a bit of digital fatigue and, you know, buyers, editors, everybody's ready to touch and feel and see clothes again. I think it's really important. And, you know, we relaunched Hervé three years ago and we're just getting started when when COVID hit. So, you know, we've had a lot of time where people haven't been able to see, you know, firsthand all the developments in terms of knitting techniques and style um, that we've achieved. And so now's the perfect time to really bring that to light and let everyone see the progress we've made. So you were brought on in 2019 to lead the division at Hervé Leger. What were you tasked to do when you joined and what excited you about the prospect of taking on this position? The the mission was simple. They said to make the brand relevant again, which actually is not so simple. Right. But what I thought was, you know, the name was so iconic with a rich heritage and a really a cult following. So I knew there was a bigger opportunity because everyone has a story about an Hervé Leger dress. Since I've joined this brand, I've heard, you know, countless stories, whether someone got engaged, met their husband, 
you know, wore it when they got divorced, um, their bar mitzvah. <laughs> it's an iconic dress and women have these big moments in these dresses and they love them. I met one man who said, I've never bought anything for my daughter except one Hervé Lachey dress. So everyone just has this fondness um, for the brand and they speak with such reverence that I knew there was there was an opportunity there and a moment to think about how we could reimagine it and take this rich history and advance it even further. And you brought on Christian Nielsen as creative director to focus on the product. And prior to joining, he spent the bulk of his career working with some of the great designers at Dior, Oscar de la Renta, Jay Mandel. I'm assuming you worked with him at those brands. Aside from being a great design talent, what did Christian bring to this position that you felt would establish a new brand vision and present day aesthetic for Hervé Leger? Well, I actually begged Christian to come because I knew he was one of the only people that could really transform this brand. Him and I had spent time together at Jay Mandel and Christian's just not about the dress. He's really about the whole look and feel, the whole package, what we're doing for the lookbook. How is the model standing? Where is she wearing the dress? What does our social look like? How do the stores look? He really wants that total brand image. And I knew that we needed to craft like not only great dresses, but a new story for this, for this brand and to make it relevant again. So he was my must have I actually had to beg him for a little while. And I finally said, you know, we have this amazing archive. So when BCB, BCBG had taken over the brand, they amassed this incredible archive. So we have dresses from the original runway, couture dresses, names on them. I mean, it's amazing. So I said, just come in and see what I have. So I hired a model. I got all the dresses you know, rack them up. I had music playing and it really felt like that scene in Sex in the City where Sarah Jessica Parker is trying on the dresses and it's yes, no, and maybe. And we had so much fun seeing what there was to work with. And he loves the 90s. He loves the old supermodels. And I think it really convinced him that there was something great there and he really wanted to be a piece of it. So I finally got him to say yes. And when was the first collection uh, hit the runway? Spring 18, spring 19, excuse me. Spring Spring 19. 19. What was the early feedback? It was great. I think everybody was really happy to see the brand back. Um, You know, the first collection was amazing. We took some nods, like the original Christy Turlington, black and white kind of iconic dress he reimagined. Um, He stripped things down in a way that I think was much more relevant. I think the designs had gotten overly complicated and heavy um, and very tricky. So he really like pared it down. Um, you know, he has an amazing color sensibility. So the colors felt fresher. He redesigned all of the fringe. So it was lighter um, and kind of loftier and brought a lot of newness, whether it was in color or stripes. So we had a great, great reaction. So when you relaunched with Christian's new fresh vision on the line, did you also have a new and fresh brand story you wanted to tell customers? We did. I think, you know, we really talked about who who was she, where she was going. You know, what we had was interesting. I 
Um, one of our big retail partners, when I first started, said, you have the widest age range of any brand in our store. It was from mm. 15 to 70, which covers a lot of ground. So we had, you know, that girl buying a dress for her bar mitzvah, and we had mother of the brides. So it was quite vast, you know, who we were servicing. Um, so we wanted to, you know, you can't be everything to everybody, but we wanted to have a lot of options, um, introduce some newness and make sure everything wasn't so flat. Like everything was just this flat bandage when we started. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to create like more volume, more separate, really dress someone, not just for that one occasion. That's what I, from a business perspective, you know, when I thought of how we could scale and how we can grow, if you're only dressing someone for one occasion, we needed to give her more. So we needed some day dresses. We needed different separates. So when you took over, did you already have any customer insights at your fingertips? Who were they? How they shopped? Uh, what they thought about the brand? You always hope you get that when, when you start somewhere new, but it, it never seems that easy. I right. think for Hervé in particular, the business had declined so much that there, there weren't many good, good messages other than, you know, the business was really small. There was some historical information going back many years, and I was handed uh, all these printouts of Us Magazine, who wore it better. So showing how, you know, at the height, Every celebrity, every, you know, anybody was wearing Hervé. I mean, it was just so hot. So there was that glimmer of hope with that stack of photocopies that we could get there again. Right. But we really needed to deliver something new. We just couldn't rely on, you know, just recreating bandage dresses. And the brand continually expresses the importance of providing women with clothes to feel empowered and confident. And that empowerment term gets thrown around a lot. So how is empowerment and confidence brought to life in Hervé Leger designs and marketing? It's funny you pose that question because we just had an internal conversation where the marketing team said, I think we need to stop saying empowered because <laughs> we're, we're empowered. We've got that down pat. And I thought that was pretty, she was pretty spot on. So we are going to move a little bit away from saying empowered because as women, we we're certainly empowered, but I think the confidence piece is what I love about this brand. We recently did a photo shoot with some of the Sports Illustrated models, and it was amazing. We we have an icon, our icon range, which is our classic band dresses, and they come extra, extra small to extra large. And so, you know, we had a range of sizes, and it was incredible to see these women come in. One had just had a baby. Um, they were all different sizes. I think they were a little unsure about the dresses. And as they tried them on and saw themselves, the transformation was amazing. Um, Gabrielle Felikas was a little nervous, she told me, coming to the shoot. And she wasn't sure. She typically does a lot of, you know, swim and lingerie. And she was excited because it was her big first fashion shoot. And to see her transformation when she put the dresses on and how incredible she looked and how well they fit her. You know, the there's technology that we, you know, have maintained over the years where they mold your body after 20 minutes and they really fit your figure. And she felt that. And she at first she said, Oh, I don't think it's gonna fit. I don't think it's gonna fit. And she looked incredible. I want to talk a little bit about heritage brands. Heritage brands uphold the level of respect and long-standing loyalty that sets them apart in today's saturated market. P. 
people appreciate the safety and prestige of heritage brands. How does Hervé Leger stay fresh, surprise, and delight, and culturally relevant while still upholding tradition? It can be tricky because I think consumers now have a very different list of demands, if you will, of what they expect from a brand. Mm -hmm. So for someone that's been around for so long, you really have to rethink, like, what does that mean to you? Because if you're starting a new brand, you can tick all the boxes and say like, okay, here's how we're going to be sustainable. Here is going to be our mission. You know, all the things that people want, you can start fresh. But when you're you know, inheriting a brand or, you know, reviving it, you really have to reimagine it. So what's interesting is, you know, we did a collab with Julia Restoy and Reifeld and, and what was really important to her was that there was a sustainable aspect. You know, our team worked really hard to recreate the bandage technique using mm-hmm. sustainable yarns. And, you know, it was a big effort with the mills, with the factories, making sure the tension was right, that we didn't lose that amazing recovery in that, you know, piece of technology that's inherent to our brand, but we did it. And the results were fantastic. So we've rolled that out, you know, to all of our icon dresses. So starting with Resort um, 2022, all of our icon dresses are using recycled yarns, which we feel great about. So that was really exciting. And I think just continuing to offer newness, you know, whether it's mixing the bandage with like a really chunky knit um, top, which, you know, Gal Gadot and Tiffany Haddish wore versions of that, or, you know, when JLo wore um, the brown two-piece with Lurex that very felt very much Hervé, but also very new Hervé. And she wore the brand, you know, 15 years ago. So to see her on the red carpet with Ben Affleck again was a pretty big moment for us. You know, brands with authentic heritage are important assets, and the challenge is to is to revive them and make them relevant to today's consumers. And you touched upon this a little bit. How is Hervé Leger going about winning the favor of the next generation of fashion trendsetters? We've been doing it in a few different ways. One is we have a program called Share the Love, where you can trade in a previously worn Hervé Leger dress and receive credit to be used on our website for a new dress. And we donate those dresses to Glam for Good. Um, Marielle Stevens has a great charity um, that does amazing work for women in need. So we've been donating dresses all year and have done a couple different events with her. You know, we have girls that are going into their mom's closets, sending in their dresses um, and purchasing something new. So I think that's a really fun way to tap into a new customer and also do some good at the same time. We've also launched a new collection called Hervé. So it's Hervé's little sister. We say she's TikTok obsessed. Um, It's younger, sportier, and everything's under $400. How much do you lean into the heritage? Always. It's always top of mind, whether it's a little bandage detail or, you know, a certain cut. It's always top of mind. You know, the icons and fashions of the 1990s have become the objects of fascination for those who didn't experience them the first time around. (laughs) These Y2K brands are making a comeback after years of battling to remain competitive in a saturated market. Gen Zers on TikTok are just discovering style staples from that era. Are you finding Gen Zers discovering Hervé Leger for the first time? We have. And when we launched Hervé, we actually hired an agency to do a TikTok specific campaign. So reaching out to influencers 
And we thought it was a great way for them to see the brand. And it's interesting, like little videos. And we had someone last week that um, did a video about Hervé and that it's back. You know, that's that's the the big message. Hervé is back. And then you also have people looking on places like the Real Real and in finding the dresses. So it's been interesting to see the difference between our TikTok consumer and our, you know, Instagram or Facebook consumer. How has the pandemic influenced how we dress? I think the revenge dressing is real and we saw a huge pickup from it. I think everybody was ready to be done with sweatpants. Nobody (laughs) wanted to lounge around anymore. And I really think there was a a shift in fashion and some of it is the Y2K you were talking about, but I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been in such a feminine, ruffly, you know, Zimmerman kind of moment and people wanted something sharper and sexier. And we just happened to be there ready at the right time. I mean, as soon as I would say like January, you know, 2021, we started to see like incredible growth, especially online. I mean, our e-com numbers were up you know, 114% to last year and like 45% to 2019. And that trend really continued. So it was quick. Like when people were ready to start dressing again, it happened really fast. And for us, I think we had a lot of people who had events that were rescheduled, a lot of bridal things. You know, we we dress women for, you know, whether it's the rehearsal dinner, bachelorette party, uh, we sell white dresses year round. So we picked up a lot of business. And activewear and athleisure brands flourished more than ever last year, with the majority of business meetings taking place in front of a notebook at home, sweatpants and loungewear have quickly become inherent pieces in professional wardrobes. You also hopped on board the athleisure wear market late last year with a new Hervé by Hervé brand and collection you just talked about. Where does Hervé Leger see the business opportunity in an overcrowded activewear market? I think what differentiates our collection is it's sporty and sexy. It's not true, you know, activewear that you're wearing to the gym. I think people have gotten used to feeling comfortable. So I think knit dressing, whether it's, you know, from the Hervé collection or the main collection, people are used to feeling a little more comfortable. So what we have is separates and it might be great little crop top with a casual pant, but it still has a little bit of dressiness. Um, Maybe the, you know, dress, it has like a sweatshirt detail. So it's not too far in the lounge category and still has that inherent Hervé sexiness. So we're excited about it and the initial results have been great. And we think it's a big opportunity for the brand. So do you think we've reached a point of no return with more relaxed dress codes? Oh, I hope not. I think there still has to be a balance. So many heritage brands looking to stay relevant have been investing more aggressively in digital marketing, a strategy many of these brands are not even historically used to doing. What role is digital playing in re-energizing Hervé Leger? Digital was always number one for me. I mean, when I joined the brand, that was my top priority. It was really low-hanging fruit. There wasn't a lot of effort put into it um, Mm -hmm. or resources. So we quickly, you know, switched platforms, rebranded, upgraded all of the assets, and are constantly looking for new ways to do business. I mean, you know, you need a lot of assets. You need to be 
reaching out to customers at all touch points, you need to deliver great customer experience. So we're constantly looking for new ways to do that. And it's paid off. I mean, right now, um, e-commerce is about 25% of our total business. Hmm. And and where where would you like that to be in the next few years? I would like to get it closer to 50. That would be a really nice blend. You know, the metaverse is opening up endless possibilities for designers, fashion and retail brands, and even consumers. And major fashion houses are already getting into the NFTs, virtual outfits, and other aspects of digital fashion. Does Hervé Leger have any intentions of playing in this space in the near future? We do. We've just started some internal meetings about it and figuring out what would be the best path forward. But I think, you know, you'd be crazy not to to look into it and figure out how each brand can play in that space and what seems right. So I know you have the uh, Fashion Week is coming up in a couple of weeks. What else are you excited about in 2022? For 2022, I'm really excited about, um, we're working on our next collaboration. The one that we did with Julia was fantastic. She was such a dream to work with and it was Mm -hmm. really successful. And we are very close to signing a deal with somebody. I hope it's actually today or tomorrow, Um, but we're very close to signing a deal for our next collab that I think will be really instrumental for the brand. Oh, I guess I was a few days early for this recording. (laughs) I know, I was hoping I would be able to hear Well, my final question, Melissa, which I ask all my guests, is the luxury item question. If you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, what would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation or anything that requires mobile service. It's just you, a lot of sand, a bunch of palm trees, surrounded 360 degrees by ocean. What would that one luxury item be that you would like to have with you? And I know that maybe you've heard this answer before, but I would bring my Rolex. It was a gift from my husband um, that's really near and dear to me. I've worn it every single day since he was given it to me probably 15 or 20 years ago. And it would help me keep track of how many days I was on this island. Why it's not unusual. I mean, watches uh, seem to be a very common theme um, with the luxury item question. So um, I think that's a great answer. And it'll let me know when what time is happy hour. <laughs> happy hour on a deserted island. I guess you'll have to make a lot of coconut drinks. Yes, absolutely. Melissa LaFair Cobb, Senior Vice President, Division Head at Hervé Leger. Thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you having me. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.